No nation in recent decades has committed the kind of atrocities as the Chinese Communist Party has. The genocide of Uyghur Muslims, including forcing them into re-education concentration camps, the brutal one-child policy, exterminating generations of children, real and open racism toward black people in the media, killing anyone who is a political opponent or dissident. The CCP is an evil, communistic surveillance state, and no one in their right mind could ever approve of this kind of evil, let alone admire it. I mean, if anyone did, such a person would have to be profoundly evil himself, or seriously mentally unwell, or even both. My fellow Canadians, behold thine own tyrant. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. He couldn't contain himself because the truth is he loves the CCP and approves of its methods. And as we're going to see in a bit, he supports Canadian politicians who might be agents of the CCP. He has no concern about CCP interference into our own elections. And he's doing everything in his power to make Canada more and more like the evil regime he loves so dearly. Friends, it's up to us to work against that agenda. It's March 9th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, rate and review, do whatever you can to get our content in other people's hands by helping win that algorithm war. So I appreciate you uh, in advance doing that and subscribing to our various shows. Those shows are on the FLF Network as well. Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. That's flfnetwork.com. And you can also get us on their handy app, which you can get at the Google app or the Apple App Store respectfully and we would suggest you do that so you can get all our content as well as the myriad of wonderful other podcasts all on demand over there also our website libertycoalitioncanada.com that's libertycoalitioncanada.com be sure to go over there sign up for our emailing list if you have yet to do that what is stopping you please go and do that now and also if you would please consider uh, prayerfully leaving a donation over there so we can continue to build towards the future here at libertycoalitioncanada.com and specifically with the news and analysis uh, branch of what we're doing here on at the LCC because this is so much of how we fight back against the mainstream narrative and change that Overton window. Also, if you want to reach out to us directly about the shows please reach out to us at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. You can send all your queries over there, and we do appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, a couple housekeeping things. First of all, we're going to be having some updates next week 
with regard to the Josh Alexander case and some paperwork that we are filing on our end. So when you head over to LibertyCoalitionCanada.com, if you wait a few seconds, the petition pops up that you can sign to support Josh Alexander. Please sign the petition in support and consider donating as well to his legal fees. And as always, if you do want to support the work that we do here by way of news and analysis and podcasting, then you have to make sure that any of your donations or support is made toward Christian Week. So that's checks are made out to Christian Week. E-transfers should have Christian Week in the notes or the comments. And then when it's online, simply go to our donate page, click Analysis News, and it'll take care of all that for you. For a mailbag question this episode, what I would like to know is, and make sure you watch through the the rest of the episode before you answer this, other than the things that we'll be talking about later, what are the ways that you think Canada is looking more and more like the CCP? What policies, what practices, what things do you see in Canada where we're becoming more and more like that evil regime than the true north, strong and free? So please reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Friends, you might think that woke politics and medical tyranny have destroyed the Canadian workplace. But did you know that some companies are standing up and saying no? Thousands of companies have pledged to honor free speech and medical privacy at redballoon.work. And Red Balloon is up and running here in Canada. So, business owners, you can find top-tier, values-aligned talent and get help building an uncancelable pro-freedom workplace. Job seekers, you can find courageous companies that share and protect your values. Go sign up today at redballoon.work slash LCC. That's redballoon.work slash LCC for both businesses and individuals who are looking for work. Today's episode is all about China. And we, we China. forgot to, yeah, we forgot to include the <laughs> Donald Trump clips where he talks about China. But yeah. what I will say is this despite the fact that he was thoroughly excoriated in the media, Donald Trump was right in shining a light on the fact that the communist the Chinese Communist Party in terms of other nation states, we're not talking about supranational globalist organizations, which, interestingly enough, love to do the bidding of the CCP and are in bed with the CCP. That's not a coincidence. But in terms of individual nation states, Donald Trump was absolutely correct that the greatest threat to the West by way of an individual nation state is not Russia. Because even as we've seen recently, say what you want about Putin. He's an evil man that makes political mm. dissidents and and journalists disappear. But at the very least, he would say that he purports to disdain, have disdain for wokeism and that he would be in favor of some of the traditional Western values that we hold dear. Now, I'm not trying to be an apologist for him. He runs a communistic evil nation but not nearly as much of a threat to Western society and to our country directly as the Chinese Communist Party is. So this episode Mm -hmm. is entirely devoted to some very recent news that's been coming out regarding the CCP in Canada and really ongoing issues in Canada that should be of concern where Canadians rightly say, are we becoming more like China? Why is it that we're mirroring this evil regime 
more so than the country that we thought was supposed to be free. You know, like Tucker said in the video clip we showed last episode, that's not the China you remember, all Molson and dog sleds and maple syrup. And so there's concerning stuff going on. So that's what we want to do with our episode. So we want to start off with a story that was broke by the Globe and Mail and saying that they had viewed CSIS documents showing Chinese election interference into our 2021 federal election. Now, this is right from the Globe and Mail. China employed a sophisticated strategy to disrupt Canada's democracy in the 2021 federal election campaign as Chinese diplomats and their proxies backed the re-election of Justin Trudeau's liberals and worked to defeat conservative politicians considered to be unfriendly to Beijing. The full extent of the Chinese interference operation is laid bare in both secret and top secret CSIS documents that cover the period before and after the 2021 election that returned the Liberals to office. MPs on the Commons Procedure and House Affairs Committee are already looking into allegations that China interfered in the 2019 election campaign to support 11 candidates, most of them Liberal, in the greater Toronto area. Drawn from a series of CSIS intelligence gathering operations, the documents illustrate how an orchestrated machine was operating in Canada with two primary aims, to ensure that a minority liberal government was returned in 2021 and that certain conservative candidates identified by China were defeated. The documents say that the Chinese Communist Party leadership in Beijing was, quote, pressuring its consulates to create strategies to leverage politically active Chinese community members and associations within Canadian society, close quote. Beijing uses Canadian organizations to advocate on their behalf, quote, while obfuscating links to the People's Republic of China, close quote. The classified reports reveal that China's former consul general in Vancouver, Tong Xiaoling, boasted in 2021 about how she helped defeat two conservative NPs. But despite being seen by China as the best leader for Canada, Beijing also wanted to keep Mr. Trudeau's power in check with a second liberal minority in parliament as the ideal outcome. Wow, that's some good reporting by the Globe and Mail. Hats off to you. Uh, but that's some big news. Uh, the Globe continues, Andrew, uh, and this is a quote from the article. The intelligence reports show that Beijing was determined that the conservatives did not win. China employed disinformation campaigns and proxies connected to Chinese Canadian organizations in Vancouver and the GTA, which have large mainland Chinese immigrant communities to voice opposition to the conservatives and to favor Trudeau's liberals. The CSIS document revealed that Chinese diplomats and their proxies, including some members of the Chinese language media, were instructed to press home that the conservative party was too critical of China and that, if elected, it would follow the lead of former U.S. President Donald Trump and ban Chinese students from certain universities or educational programs. The CSIS report quoted the Chinese consulate official, 
quote, this will threaten the future of the voters' children as it will limit their education opportunities. The Liberal Party of Canada is becoming the only party that the PRC can support. CSIS also explained how Chinese diplomats conduct foreign interference operations in support of political candidates and elected officials. Tactics included undeclared cash donations to political campaigns or having business owners hire international Chinese students and assign them to volunteer in electoral campaigns on a full-time basis. A key part of the interference operation is to influence vulnerable Chinese immigrants in Canada. The intelligence report quotes an unnamed Chinese consulate official as saying, it's, quote, easy to influence Chinese immigrants to agree with the stance of the PRC. Now, I mean... We've covered the POEC's final report regarding the invoking of the War Measures Act. And if you know our audience will recall that when stay-at-home moms showed up in Ottawa with their kids to dance and join a peaceful protest and eat pizza and French toast and sing songs and celebrate and wave flags, mm-hmm. the federal government completely freaked out. Now, what's interesting is Accused to them know, as an insurrection, yeah, this uh, this foreign interference funded the to our democracy. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that CSIS said there was no threat. And it, in, with regard to this, CSIS said it didn't warrant the emergency powers. And the state still invoked the War Measures Act. So here CSIS says nothing to see here. It really isn't that big of a deal. And the federal government still invokes the War Measures Act. With this story, however, CSIS is saying there really is a concern. We have secret and top secret information showing that this is a concern. There is legitimate evidence of interference from a foreign actor. And so because when CSIS says it's not an issue, the federal government loses their mind. Mm -hmm. So when CSIS says it is an issue, you would imagine our leaders would do whatever it takes to deal with this threat in threat in a free and democratic society. Of course. Right? Like, right. <laughs> when, so when, when asked about the CSIS report and the interference from the Chinese Communist Party, our right honorable prime CCP lover, Justin Trudeau, had this to say. Calls are growing for a nonpartisan public inquiry into China's attempts to interfere with our elections. You used to call yourself transparent by default. Why are you so resistant to calling such an inquiry? And are you at all open to the idea now of holding a public inquiry into this very important issue for Canadians? I think it's a it's a really important and great thing uh, that Canadians are so interested in ensuring uh, that our principles of democracy and our practice of democracy Uh, continues to be protected from the ongoing interference as attempted by authoritarian governments around the world, whether it be China or other countries like it. That is, okay, that is a disgusting, vile human being. Um, And I'll I'll, I'll note that last episode, last couple episodes where we played some clips, I received more than one email from our audience saying, I really wish you guys wouldn't play clips of him speaking (laughs) because... 
I legitimately cannot stand the sound of his voice. If you <laughs> if, if if you didn't initially find yourself spinning in a frenzy after seeing his 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 vile evil face in front of you, mm -hmm. so if you're listening, you're you're a little more blessed. What he basically said was, first of all, I'm not answering your question. Second of all, I'm not concerned. And third, he would say it's a good thing when Canadians push back against authoritarian governments for the sake of their freedoms to find out what's going on, except when he's the authoritarian and when he's crushing his own citizens, then they're a fringe minority, then they have unacceptable views, and then they have to be silenced and they're racist and they're misogynistic and they're transphobic and blah, blah, blah. And so the reality is as soon as he's hearing that question, which is, there's growing concerns. Here's a CSIS report. What should you think? What's going on in the mind of Justin Trudeau is my CCP handlers have already told me exactly what I have to say and what I have to do. And I will obey my masters to make sure that China, the Canada becomes a country that they want. Therefore, there's really nothing to see here. That's essentially what's really going on in his brain, regardless of his political jargon. Yeah, and like you said, you'd imagine that given the threat to the national security of Canada, that he would be a lot more concerned than he seems to be in that clip, because he was extraordinarily uh, vibrant, let's just say that, in his language as it pertained to the Freedom Convoy, but he just can't find it in himself to, to show that level of disdain and um, outrage for China actually according to CSIS's credible reports, influencing Canadian elections. I, I guess so So long as it helps him re retain his power, he's, he's a little mum on the situation. But, Andrew, I also see he's got a general disdain for the Canadian people, and that's what yes, really right. comes out. And that's why right. I think people hate to hear his voice, because this is a man who constantly lies. And, and we have to understand, you know, our media is garbage, but traditionally the media is essentially the mediator between the politicians and the people, right? Because we don't have access to Question Hour to Justin Trudeau, you or I, or the normal Canadian citizen. So that is how we can, you know, pry beneath the surface and kind of understand the machinations of what's going on in our nation's capital by our politicians. But when he lies overtly or spins um, just in disgusting fashions, honest and open questions that are posed to him, he's not showing disdain for the media. He's ultimately showing utter disdain for the people that are trying to hear his honest answers pertaining to these questions. And Andrew, you, you go on to say what he talked about. He also showed when he was pressed further and further over and over again against the story, because this is the biggest story that we have coming out of Canada you know, since the height of the COVID lockdown and all the uh, everything that was going on with the Freedom Convoy, everything. This is huge news. This is real foreign interference in can Canadian elections. Um, he showed a level of frustration with reporters where he was basically, I've already answered this question. I'm gonna not going to answer this question. And how dare you 
This is how he spun it. How dare you say that Chinese Canadian citizens, of which there's 1.7 million in Canada, cannot partake into the Canadian electoral process. They're a part of our democracy. And how dare you suggest that a a bureaucracy like CSIS that's unaccountable to the people, that's unelected, ought to determine who can and cannot run in the elections. And that's a level of problem wielding the health bureaucracy (laughs) that way. Another unelected body that told Canadians what they could or couldn't do. In that instance, he loved public health and he had no problem with it. And in case you're wondering, the arbitrary nature of all of that is a feature. It's not a bug, right? right? Because we've talked about it over and over again. This is an arbitrary leader who has no respect for higher law, and he will do what see he sees fit as so long as it allows him to remain in power. And you're seeing that. He, he'll, on one hand, uh, laud bureaucracies is the greatest gift uh, to to God's creation when they're allowing him to implement his programming. But when <laughs> they're trying to hold him accountable for clearly ignoring credible threats to Canadian services, all of a sudden they're not of any use. Uh, so, I, yep, yeah. So that's that's what we're seeing here, and th- like. It's all of that, Andrew, that really, like, this man's a psychopath. Like, he's, he's, he's a sociopath. He's, he's yeah. totally narcissistic. It's the not like Doug Ford. He... When Doug Ford made his, when Doug Ford did his crazy COVID stuff, you could look at his eyes. And the sense I got from Doug Ford was that he didn't like what he was doing, mm-hmm. but he had to do it because of all the dirt they have on him and his family and connections to the mob and drugs. You could yes. see that someone was holding <laughs> yeah. something over him. Like, I looked in his eyes. And there was this a shame, pitiful deadness where he knew he was hurting people, but he had no choice. Mm-hmm. But when when Justin Trudeau says the same things, there is a there is a coldness, almost like a sociopath where he just he whatever what it doesn't matter. All I care about is doing what I'm told for the sake of my own agenda. So and trigger that's warning, why it's, oh yeah, that's you're going to hear honestly, more. Just so just to give you the heads up now. We will be playing another clip in a bit. Mm-hmm. So if you if you go if you need to go grab a bowl in case you're going to barf <laughs> yes. voluntarily, just so you know, we're not done with listening to his voice just yet. Sadly, that is true. Oh man. Well, separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013 is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head to mission.bullbitcoin.com LCC today and get started with your account's creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point in the process mission.bullbitcoin.com slash lcc take control of your money so we we've seen the way he's responded to ceases saying there are legitimate concerns of chinese interference into our election now this is inextricably tied to a particular member of parliament enter handong now this comes to us from the post-millennial Following revelations that he ignored recommendations from CSIS that the Liberals allow a Toronto MP to run for office, 
due to alleged connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Despite calls from CSIS to rescind Handong's nomination, the Liberals allowed him to run. He now represents Don Valley North in Parliament. CSIS investigators claimed also the Chinese Canadian seniors and students were bussed into the riding during the election and were told to vote for Handong. Dong is believed to be one of at least 11 Toronto area riding candidates given backing by Beijing in the 2019 election. On February 24th, just a few weeks ago, Canadian investigative journalist Sam Cooper reported that ahead of the 2019 federal election in Canada, CSIS had informed Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that his Don Valley North candidate, Han Dong, was involved in the Chinese foreign interference. There's the tie-in. Moreover, Cooper said that the CSIS began investigating Han Dong in 2019 as Dong emerged as a political successor to the then member of parliament, Geng Tan, in a sudden and suspicious manner. During the 2019 investigation, it was the circumstances under which Handong replaced an incumbent Geng Tan attracted the focus of the intelligence officers. CSIS reportedly had received the intelligence input that Beijing was not pleased with Geng Tan's performance and preferred Dong over Tan. I'm just going to say here quickly by way of interjection, this reporter is from Global News. So he is clearly no friend to conservatism, and Global News is one of the media outlets that gets quite a bit of money from the federal government. So when they're critical of the prime minister, you know that something's going on, that there is smoke, and there definitely is fire. So Cooper continues, the service alleged that Han Dong was a close associate of Michael Chan, who is a target of CSIS, according to a source with knowledge of the brief. Cooper claimed that the Canadian intelligence agency suspects that Michael Chan is a Chinese agent providing, quote, secret political information to the Toronto consulate, close quote. An official reportedly said that, quote, CSIS was concerned that Handong was connected to the People's Republic of China foreign interference in Canada, close quote, and that Handong also was a close contact with Michael Chan, who was a target of CSIS. However, downplaying the alleged CSIS concerns about Dong, the Liberal Party of Canada allowed him to proceed in 2019, and to no one's surprise, he won the seat. Wow. <laughs> and Andrew, in response to the concerns over Han Dong and his connections to the evil dictatorial CCP regime, our right honorable prime CCP lover had this to say about Han Dong. Prime Minister, uh, just a follow up on that question on CSIS and Han Dong. Are you saying that they didn't warn you or were you warned and you chose to dismiss it for those reasons? Uh, just wanted some clarification. Once again, one of the things we've seen, unfortunately, over the past years is a rise um, in uh, anti-Asian racism linked to the pandemic uh, and concerns being raised uh, or arisen uh, around uh, people's loyalties. I want to make everyone understand fully 
Tan Dong uh, is an outstanding member of our team and suggestions that uh, he is uh, somehow not loyal to Canada um, should not be entertained. <laughs> just dismiss him outright. <laughs> not just dismiss it, but you see the time. What he's saying is yeah. the fact that you asking that question, you're that's a racist. racist. That's, and because we've seen racism, we've seen, and what's what's amazing is he sounds a lot like Joe Biden, who said, and we showed this a couple a couple episodes ago, that the claim that the virus was released or that it accidentally or intentionally, we're we're still figuring that out, but the fact that the coronavirus came from the fact that COVID nineteen came from a Chinese lab, and that's where it leaked simply claiming that made you a racist that you were joining in the mm -hmm. anti-asian rhetoric Spreading and you're our prime minister, disinformation yeah, our prime minister who is a woke socialist feminist mm -hmm. says how the how could you possibly say that his connections to the CCP, that that's racist. Yeah. You're just being racist. Even, even entertaining the idea that that's a possibility is mm -hmm. Chinese Canadian racism. So apparently there's no world in which the Chinese could set up their own police stations where they coerce Chinese Canadians and spy on them. Oh, wait. That is exactly what happened. No world uh, except our world. Yes, yeah. Our, um, our world is the only world where that happens. All the other worlds, it doesn't happen. Yeah, and there's no world in which uh, a Chinese operative favorable to the CCP can be handpicked to replace a person that they were unhappy with and then put into that seat and then no elected. World. No, no world. world it could never happen despite Except the fact that it actually did yeah again all the other worlds in the multiverse this it's it, impossible but except it, for our world that's what yes yes exactly and the crazy part is mr transparency justin trudeau is obfuscating throughout this right he's he's not answering questions honestly he's getting angry when people have the gall to bring up this gigantic national security issue um and he's apparently talking about how media personalities are racist for even asking questions of handong's loyalty given his connections to the ccp party um but he's also obfuscating the process right over and over and over again there's been calls for a public inquiry into just what happened given these critical and and um crucial uh CSIS reports that are credible um we need to investigate we need to look into this this is in the best interest of canadian citizens because it's not just one election that was apparently interfered with it's two elections that were interfered with both swinging in very much the same way and both if, if falling along the lines of uh, of a situation where the CCP would benefit from the outcome. They've expressed that they don't want the conservatives who are less favorable um, to the CCP in power, but they want to limit Justin Trudeau's power, presumably so they can have 
the greatest amount of power on the world stage. And that's exactly what we saw play out in the last two elections. But instead of, you know, saying we're going to lay all our chips on the table, we're going to be completely transparent. They're now coming out with, because of the pressure of the media, this special rapport who's going to, who's liberal appointed and uh, everything happens behind closed doors. Um, and the ultimately, this is a way for Justin Trudeau to control the process. Why do I say that? Because he has veto power and the ability to redact anything that happens in these special meetings. He's got the last say on it. So it's far from transparent. It's a way to, for Justin uh, Trudeau control the outcome of this entire process over and over again. Uh, we can hope that this will end in, in a special public inquiry. And I hope that we continue to put pressure on him. I think every single Canadian citizen should be writing their MPs and saying, this is the biggest concern that I have. Because the galling part, Andrew, is we saw with the Freedom Convoy, that what what do they say? This is for interference. This is a, you know, foreign actors trying to influence our democracy. We, we covered it. The only ones that were doing that were apparently the Biden regime to put pressure on Trudeau to freeze people's bank accounts and invoke okay. the Emergencies Act. So again, it's this iron uh, law of woke uh, projection coming to play. And then we've seen idiots like uh, Jagmeet Singh say, oh, the Russian interference story, the Russian interference story. That's why we need more media censorship, more government control of social media, all these things. And then literally a day after, the, there's this extensive report that comes out and says the entire Russia narrative is total bunkum. And the fact that people are still... Fordering that just shows their ideological actors who are dishonest. Yet here we are, two of the three major parties are pushing that narrative. Well, this sort of thing is actually taking place in Canada. It is totally unspeakable. It is totally disgraceful. And it needs to be gotten to the bottom of. We cannot go silently into the night. And we as citizens need to hold these politicians to account because this is despicable stuff, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you're listening to our program, you're probably someone that works very hard to provide for your family. Whether that's inside the home or outside, no one has an audience that works harder than our audience. But here's a couple of important questions. Are you saving for your children? Do you know what you'll be able to leave for your children and your children's children? Rocklink is a Christian firm through and through, and they take the biblical command to plan for the future and by God's grace, leave an inheritance for your children. Send them an email today and ask about how they can partner with your family. Email rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. Now, all of this, everything we've been talking about, Trudeau's love affair with the CCP, his lack of concern over Canadian election interference, his unwillingness to oust a potential CCP agent, you know, it makes one wonder, does Justin Trudeau want Canada to be more like China? And if so, in what hmm. ways? I mean, China is all about murdering babies. And so is Justin Trudeau. In fact, he loves the first that. time he ran, he said, 
you cannot be pro-life and be a member of my cabinet. So that's one. China's also all about turning its economy on a dime to go greener, faster. And that's exactly what Justin Trudeau wants to do. We've and already seen it, that. <laughs> yeah, that's what he thought he could do by the printing out of money in order to drive Canada more towards a socialistic utopia. And his plans to go green, the 2030 and the 2050 plans are in full swing. So he wants that too. So it's not surprising that Canada is looking more and more like the CCP every day when our prime tyrant admires that evil regime so very much. And that's how we want to finish our episode. We want to we want to take the rest of our time together with a view to policies and procedures that evidence the fact that Canada's downward spiral into a CCP-like totalitarian state is happening at breakneck speed. So right off the bat, we want to set up this story by saying that according to the 2022 Human Freedom Index put together by the Fraser Institute, Canada is no longer in the top 10 freest countries in the world. We've dropped from number six to number 13. And no doubt this is after what took place in our country over the past three years. Lockdowns, mandates, pastors arrested, churches fined and shut down, the War Measures Act being invoked, bank accounts frozen, businesses crushed, Canadian cit citizens' location monitored through their phone's GPS, arrive can. All of these support the fact that Canada is not nearly as free as it once may have been. So that should be initially concerning that the Fraser Institute agrees Canada is not nearly as free as it once may have been. Now, how about this story from the National Post? Google is blocking some Canadian users from viewing news content, content in what the company says is a test run of a potential response to the Liberal government's online news bill, also known as Bill C-18. The Online News Act would require digital giants such as Google and Meta, which owns Facebook, to negotiate deals that would compensate Canadian media companies for republishing their content on their platforms. The company said Wednesday that it is a temporary limiting access to news content for under 4% of its Canadian users as it assesses possible responses to the bill. The change applies to its ubiquitous search engine, as well as the Discover feature on Android devices, which carries news and sports stories. All types of news content are being affected by the test, which will run for about five weeks, the company said. This includes content created by Canadian broadcasters and newspapers. So I'm sure some of the things that could just concern me initially are, one, this is only limited. It's not unlimited. Two, it's only for a time, not forever. And three, this is about trying to figure out what best meets the needs of Canadians. Now, if you recall, that's exactly the same rhetoric that they spun three years ago before they plunged our country into a totalitarian state. So they're using the same language and people should smarten up, but most people won't because comfort and convenience blind people from seeing what's actually happening. This is troubling stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the CCP has complete control over the internet and what goes on in their country. Um, they have that great Chinese firewall that they manage. And um, 
they ultimately curate content like every socialistic communistic state has ever done uh, in the media uh, because instead of getting actual news uh, you get state-funded propaganda um, and that's why we've uh, declared that the CBC is actually the C CPC, the Canadian Pravda Corporation. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it at length on the program, 150 different outlets um, that do media across our nation are bought and paid for by the Chinese government or by the, Ch well, I mean, might as well Ch Chinese government I, at this point. By proxy. <laughs> yeah. You could probably yeah. say that by proxy. Yeah, yeah by proxy. Exactly. Um, it's a Freudian slip, I suppose. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, what we're seeing is just the government totally changing the nature of its relationship to media of all types, not just normal legacy media, but also online content as well. And this is the first in, you know, this is a trial period to actually enact a bill that's likely to be passed in Canada. So, I mean, it's already in the the writing there the writing's already on the wall this is something that's going to be implemented for canadians and the, the difficult part about news curation in this sense is canadians aren't even going to know what they're not getting in the same way that the chinese citizens don't know what they don't get um you don't know what you don't know and that is extraordinarily that's, that's dangerous why people are utterly shocked when they hear news regarding masks and and jabs right like there are people who their only diet has been what's coming from the legacy media and mm -hmm. so when you actually start to present them with have you like have you seen this have you seen this mm -hmm. study it's not that they've seen it and they've covered their eyes. It's they just don't know. They have actually, they, because of the algorithms and because of the echo chamber and because of the way our legacy media operates, there are people in this country who functionally have been just like CCP citizens where they've only received entirely one side of the discussion mm -hmm. and they are oblivious mm -hmm. to what's actually going on and so they, of course, they're going to believe what they're they're being fed. Why would they? So we're already there in a sense. It's mm -hmm. just not quite as legislated as our elected officials would like it to be. Yeah. And if that that bill weren't enough, we also have Bill C-27, Andrew, which is an act to enact con the Consumer Privacy Protection Act, the Personal Information and Data Protection Tribunal Act, and the Artificial Intelligence and Data Act to make consequential and related amendments to other acts. It is also known in its short form as the Digital Charter Implementation Act 2022. The Consumer Privacy Protection Act is part one of the Digital Charter Implementation Act of 2022. The Consumer Privacy Protection Act would repeal parts of the Personal Information Protection and Electronic Documentation Act and replace them with a new legislative regime governing the collection, use, disclosure, and disclosure of personal information for commercial activity in Canada. This would also maintain and modernize um, and extend existing rules and impose new rules on private sector organizations for the protection of personal information. The Consumer Privacy Protection Act, um, CPP, 
close <laughs> to CCP, uh, would also continue and enhance the role of the privacy com- commissioner in overseeing organizations' compliance with these various measures, Andrew. Yeah, that's 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 a, there's a lot of jargon there. We've attached mm-hmm. a link to the Government of Canada website that outlines this. But what it we might wanna... sound benign and legalistic, but it's right. anything but. So as you read through, if you cl- I recommend you click on that link and read mm-hmm. through. So what they do is this website answers a number of questions, such as how will the implementation of this act affect the various charter rights of Canadians. Mm-hmm. So wh- what's the overlap here? And, and we just want to highlight, too, because it's a fairly large website. And the fact that they're at least willing to say this, I mean, it's it's out in the open. So they're telling us how they're going to be tyrants, but at least they're telling us they're giving us a little bit of a heads up. So what we see here in this article is that Section 8 of the Charter of Rights protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. The purpose of Section 8 is to protect individuals from an unreasonable intrusion into a reasonable expectation of privacy by the state. A search or seizure will be reasonable if it is authorized by law, the law itself reasonable, and the search is carried out in a reasonable manner. So here we go. The Digital Charter Implementation Act has the potential to implicate rights under Section 8 of the Charter because the privacy commissioner's powers and certain provisions allowing government institutions access to personal information may implicate information subject to a reasonable expectation of privacy. So this act is uh, is almost guaranteed to violate your Section 8 charter rights. We read on. Section 2B of the Charter protects freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression. Section 2B has been interpreted broadly to encompass any activity or communication, aside from violence or threats of violence, which conveys or attempts to convey meaning. It protects the rights of those seeking to exercise expressive freedoms and those who would receive this expression. Restrictions on the collection, use, and disclosure of personal information in the Consumer Privacy Protection Act could, yeah, right, could, could impact regulated organizations' commercial expressive activities where these activities would involve a collection, use, or disclosure of personal information that is restricted or prohibited under the Act. In addition, Regulatory and other legal standards under the Artificial Intelligence and Data Act could, again, sure, could potentially impact freedom of expression to the extent they may limit expressive uses of artificial intelligence systems or restrict access to any expressive content these systems may generate. Unbelievable, Andrew. <laughs> In the name of protecting your privacy from uh, private corporations, we'll just extend or we'll just violate your charter rights as yeah. the state. We'll to make sure, to make sure that no control. one, yeah, to make sure that no one comes into your bedroom at night as mm. you and your spouse are engaged in your joyous marital expression of love. Mm-hmm. To make sure no one comes in there and no one sees something they shouldn't. We're going to put three officers in your bedroom to make sure that no one else comes in 
and sees you and your wife doing the thing that is your right and joy to do. Because because here in Canada, here in China, we mm-hmm. care about your safety. So only the three officers and then all the friends that they have and their recording devices will see. But no one else will be allowed in to see the things <laughs> that are private and, and only yeah. for you in your family. Welcome to Canada. Yeah, for your safety and your privacy, we will violate both. <laughs> that is right. That is currently That's the reality of this. Piece, by the way, that's a <laughs> yes. good T-shirt. For your well, safety and yeah. pri- for the sake of your safety and privacy, right. we will violate both. That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. There yeah. you go, um, Andrew. We haven't even got to the worst part. I mean, this is the reality of the country that we live in. It's its truly mind-boggling. Uh, I digress. Let's continue on. This last story might be worst of all because of its connection to digital ID. Air Canada has been granted approval to use facial recognition technology, becoming the first airline in Canada to test digital identification. In a pilot project currently underway, Air Canada's digital identification is now available for customers departing from Vancouver International Airport when boarding select flights to Winnipeg and for eligible customers entering Air Canada Cafe at the Toronto Pearson International Airport. There are also plans to expand digital identification options to select Canadian airports and Maple Leaf lounges as part of the pilot project phase. Participation in digital identification is voluntary. Digital ident for for now, anyways. Digital identification is not related to any government-sponsored programs like Nexus, Global Entry, or USCBP Mobile Passport Control (MPC). According to Landry, customers who choose to use digital identification will benefit from a simplified and seamless process at the gate, and when entering. Uh, Maple Leaf lounges. Customers eligible to utilize the Air Canada Cafe in Toronto and customers on select flights from Vancouver uh, to Winnipeg will receive an invitation to use the digital identification options and instructions on how to create their secure digital face print prior to arriving at the airport. Customers who do not wish to utilize digital identification may simply board as they currently do now by presenting their boarding pass and government-issued photo ID for manual ID check and processing. Likewise, customers may elect to continue scanning their boarding cards manually as they do now to enter the Air Canada Cafe at Toronto Pearson. So, Andrew, they'll just disrupt and dismantle the way that things currently work so it becomes so terrible, so onerous, that nobody wants to partake in the old-fashioned way of boarding planes and going into lounges. So then everybody will be like, well, it's so miserable to fly, I guess I'll give the government my uh, bio-identification, yeah. It's like people who couldn't be bothered to wait at line in the grocery store go in those Amazon stores where they throw everything in their basket. They just walk out and it automatically sends you the bill. That sounds really convenient. It's also really terrifying. And also just quickly, I got to say here, this idea of Air Canada being the first person to roll it out. 
the Known Traveler ID Program, which is a WEF initiative that mm-hmm. goes all the way back to 2017 and 2018. Mm-hmm. One of the test partners for the Known Traveler ID was Air Canada. Yeah. And what does the Known Traveler ID turn into once it hits the Canadian test market? Arrive Can. So here you have the same partner that's involved in Arrive Can is now also saying, oh, just this voluntary, we're just going to try out the facial recognition thing. <laughs> it's not for everyone. It's very dystopian stuff. Like it's right, yeah. right out on the open too. And by the way, why yeah, how about, up, it, yeah, well, you, oh, I, I want to interject. Yeah. How about Air yeah. Canada? You just concentrate on getting people to their destinations and, and, their luggage, and making yeah. sure the luggage gets there. <laughs> like, if, we have to show, you, just go look, go look up videos on YouTube of Air Canada luggage problems. You'll have yeah. people wave piles of luggage. Like, uh, get me my stuff and get me where I need to go on time. Yeah, don't map my face for your AI program. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it, do the basic functions of your job decently before trying to you know answer the world's biggest problems like i mean you can't basically do anything well as air canada it's a terrible no good very bad of airline yet they're trying to their incompetence i guess is the justification for taking away your yeah. privacy and your freedoms just yeah. like in the same way the like POEC uh, yeah just in the same way the POEC was apparently uh you know found that the invocation of the EA was justified because all of the um institutions that could have actually dealt with the convoy under current Canadian laws were so incompetent in doing their actual jobs that they needed to call in the nuclear option. I guess that's how things work. (laughs) One could make the case uh, in in tinfoil hat fashion that they are awful on purpose so as to create the pretext for this, much like the husband. Dismantle. (laughs) Much like the husband who intentionally does a bad job of folding laundry so he doesn't have to do it again. In this case, Air Canada and our government is a terrible husband. But like I said, while we're on the topic of airports, in other news, security systems at Toronto Pearson Airport could get an extra layer of protection, (laughs) right? Extra. If we've learned anything from our elites talking about an extra layer of protection by double masking and getting five shots, what they really mean is an extra layer of tyranny. But they're calling it an extra layer of protection now that the airport has signed a letter of intent to purchase the artificial intelligence powered security system called Hexwave. Hexwave uses AI to detect dangerous or prohibited items. Now, just right now that they're going to tell you what some of those are. um, But really, the dangerous or prohibited items would be stuff like a Bible, freedom, independent thinking you know, political dissidents. Those are the real dangerous items that they're eventually going to weed out through AI. For now, all they're going to get rid of is knives and sharp objects, but eventually what they want to get rid of is political opponents. That's how this AI thing starts. Anyways, we'll continue. Pearson Airport was the first airport in the world to test the technology in 2022. Jeff Barrow, Associate Director for Safety and Security, GTAA, says this, quote, What Hexwave does is it provides us with that added layer of security screening. It sounds so much like so much like Fauci and Dr. Moore, right? The added layer, an extra gives you that added layer of protection and the bonus. These guys with these gargoyles are all the same, by the way. They're all cut from the same cloth. They're all they all come from the same evil factory that produces them. Anyways, 
It provides us with that added layer of security screening without impeding the movement of travelers coming into the airport without slowing down the public. Yeah, right. It allows passengers to keep their benign items on their person, like cell phones, car keys, wallets, making it a much better experience for them, while at the same time making sure security effectiveness is top of mind. You can simply walk around the device and it's only looking for items of concern. Barrow added, Hexwave gives us that opportunity to have the walking pace, sir, to have that walking pace, seamless, intuitive, more passenger-friendly experience that today's security, than today's security screening. We continue to see growth at the airport. We continue to see more passengers at the airport. So what better way than leveraging a technology like this to be more sustainable as we move into the future? <laughs> a future, by the way, that looks a lot like the beginning of the Terminator movie and V for Vendetta, not a future that looks like the kind of future which leads to human flourishing, mm -hmm. but a dystopian AI-driven post-apocalyptic future where eventually the machines take over <laughs> and we're not allowed to openly read and carry Bibles anymore. And these idiots, these useful mm -hmm. idiots have no idea what they're doing and they have mm -hmm. no idea ultimately what this is going to bring in and what kind of country they're creating. And yet they push it because like you said, Matt, our elites look upon us with disdain. They despise us peasants mm -hmm. and anything to get more power, wealth and control for them, they will grab at. And if mm -hmm. we are the collateral damage, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, and people have to understand, and this comes through in that stupid clip that we played off the top by Justin Trudeau. I, I just have to comment. He is an idiot. He's he's saying, uh, w when asked what country do you admire, he says, I admire the basic dictatorship of China because it allows them to be flexible and elastic and go towards these green energy goals that we all love because we're all because sustainability is just communism okay we've talked about that on the program anyways he loves it and then he cracks a joke <laughs> about stephen harper loving and admiring china and it's like what like you? you you you're literally okay anyways that's beside the point the logic of so many elites um especially within the wef larry fink is a big he loves china loves doing business there there is a huge global consensus by many globalist elites that in order to defeat China, we must become China, right? We'll just be more beneficent. We'll, we'll, we'll love you more. We'll sure we'll be tyrants and dictators, but we have nice, good, mushy hearts. You know, we'll, we'll implement, you know, CRT and the LGBTQ radical sexual agenda. China won't do those things. So we're the beneficent dictators uh, and we'll love you. And we'll take care of you as the real God of all providence, this God state. Um, and we'll use our technology to feign omniscience in doing it. And sure, you might have to give up some of your freedoms, but isn't there just a lot of responsibility that comes with those freedoms, Andrew? Isn't it a little onerous? Don't you wish you could own nothing and be happy? Don't you wish that you didn't have to work in this nine to five, five days a week, onerous cycle? You know, we'll 
take care of you. We'll provide you with safety, bread, and circuses, and we'll just become the new globalist empire that just controls your entire life. That is the thinking by many of these elites. If we're going to beat China, because they, they automatically think China's going to win, right? It, it is Despite the fact that China's not in a good state, anybody who actually knows the internal machinations of China, things aren't going well there. They have a huge uh, demographic problem. They're, they're, they're in insane debt. There's all sorts of... Uh, terrible things going on in china but they believe that china the that an authoritarian dictatorship like china's their victory is inevitable inevitable um that they have the ability to do things that we want to do therefore we must become like china in order to beat china and this is how they're doing it bit by bit step by step and i mean I can't it's amazing that we can put this episode together but yeah, i mean there's I so much remember. more we can say I can't remember if it was C.S. Lewis or if it was Winston Churchill um, that said the worst kind of tyrant is the one Lewis. whose tyranny comes under the guise of care and concern for your well-being. Yeah, Lewis. One of, the, one of those Lewis. two Brits. Yeah. yeah, one of those two <laughs> Brits. Said, those are smart guys. They said something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we come to we come to this point in our episode, Matt. And I mean, mm. so it's not it's not just look where we're going because it is look where we're going, but it's also look where we are and where we are. In many regard, it, it regards, it seems like, okay, well, what are we going to do, right? There's certain things you can't pull back, right? There's certain, there, there, there's, there's certain generational issues that we just can't undo. So our audience might be thinking like many think, cause I know, cause I, I, I get emails. I, I get email, I get number of emails every week, people saying, well, what should we do? Where should we go? How should we operate? Should we move to the city? Should we flee to the state? Should we flee to Mexico? Should like, what should we actually do? What about the central bank digital currency? Like people are legitimately concerned, not just with where things are going, but where, with things where, where things are now. Facial recognition at airports, that's happening, right? The reality of moving toward a digital ID, we're there. So um, I want to, I, I want to wrap up our show just by giving a few things for you to consider seriously. And, and I want to couch all this by saying, dear audience, I am not worried in the sense that I am panicking and afraid and paralyzed to the point where all hope is lost. I'm quite hopeful. I am ready to fight and push back and engage and do what is required for myself, my family, my community, and for the sake of our country. I'm not talking about armed resistance. I'm talking about engaging in the ways that I can that's right and biblical for right now. So I'm I'm not hopeless. I'm not I'm not bereft of joy. I'm not deprived of peace. I am very much confident in the purposes of God and I am ready to move forward confidently as I think you should be as well. So couched within that kind of that mentality, mm -hmm. what I want to do is I want to just just a few things for you to consider in light of what we've outlined and it's the same sort of things that people coming out of bolshevik russia have also warned us about if you've not read the book live not by lies by roger roger you should do it because he interviews a bunch of people who survived the soviet tyranny especially mm -hmm. when it focused on the church and they comment on what's happening in north america saying don't you guys understand where this goes i mean stalin wished he had the technology that we do and and Andrew, that book. 
the reason we don't understand that is because a bunch of pinkos red washed our <laughs> our education system. Yep. Many of the communist uh, socialist intellectuals went into academia and honestly they what you know what kids coming out of school know the most about is hitler and what the fascist german government did and the evils of them well the, they downplay all of what went on in communist countries across this world so in one sense people can be forgiven based off of the terrible education system which is another reason to get your kids out of public schools and state indoctrination factories but anyways continue on yeah yeah i mean side note hitler only killed hitler hitler killed less than a quarter of the people that stalin killed but you obviously most people don't hear about the vile atrocities committed by stalin his own people you don't literally there's literally across our country in universities communist clubs, mm-hmm. like that. That's a real thing, and they're yep. also very closely tied to the student units union most of the time. I'm just saying. Anyways, but that's a real thing. Yeah, and that's where the red washing of our education comes out loud and clear. Is despite the atrocities, one's acceptable, one's not. And one is actually ingrained in the halls of power, as we've been talking about over and over again. Um, anyways, move on. Yeah, so a couple, couple things for you to do to seriously consider and put into place in light of our episode today to, to really be ready. And I hope by God's grace to be as hopeful and joyful and ready as we are here. The first one is this. You need to find yourself and you need to plant deep in a solid Christian community, a church that will not bend the knee to the state, that won't won't bow down because more and more the state will flex and create state churches. So you need to find a church that submits to Christ first. And chances are when you do, you'll find a church that's also like-minded in a lot of these ways, a church that's awake as to what's going on politically, what's going on with tyranny and and digital ID. So basically what I'm saying is find a church that won't bow the knee to Caesar when you get, and when you go in on Sunday morning, a whole lot of people are also wearing jewel encrusted tinfoil crowns. Interestingly enough, the two go hand in hand. That's been my experience. The two go hand in hand. So Christian community, number one, number two, like Matt said, get your kids out of government indoctrination centers. You cannot have them in woke reeducation camps. You need to get them out of public schools today, yesterday, last year. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking, okay, well, then what do I do? What are my options? Great question. Reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. We can connect you either with good homeschooling communities in your area or great homeschooling resources. It is not an impossible task. For thousands of years, children were raised and trained up in their own homes and in their communities, and they weren't sent off to other schools that were state-funded. Maybe there's a really good classical Christian school in your area. I'm all for that as well. But you need to get your kids out of public state-run schools. That's number two. Number three, you need to be wise with your resources, specifically your wealth. Get out of the big five banks. You cannot be banking with any of the big five. Maybe look into a credit union in your area. Some credit unions are better than others. We can even help with that a little bit. We can help give some guidance on that. I'm connected. If you have investments, if you have long-term investments in RESP and RSP, you need to reach out to our friends at Rocklink. 
because they love the Lord. They are awake and they are freedom fighters. You also need to think about diversifying. Think about Bitcoin. Think about gold and silver. Just you need to be wise with your resources. And the last thing I'll say is this, and this comes in the context of good Christian community. You need to felt you need to think about being able to provide for support and care for one another's needs when the comforts of the world are going to be stripped away bit by bit, which means you need to think about parallel economies. You need to think about internally providing for one another, whether that's work, whether that's someone who can do small engine repair, thinking about how you can meet each other's needs so as to not be so dependent upon the state and upon social services and really upon being able to just avail yourselves of the comforts that exist in our world. Think about these smaller communities where you can provide for, protect one another. That's self-sustaining food production. This is medical related stuff, whatever, all, all these different, you need mm -hmm. to think about thinking locally. So, you know, it's funny, I'll say here that I abhor the idea of the globalist 15 minute city project for mm -hmm. what it stands for. But I'm actually all for the focus of living closer and operating closer to those within your community. I'm all for localization. I'm just not for state-controlled localization where they force a, they yeah. force the economy and gate you in electronically. But I would say mm -hmm. if you could be within 20 to 25 minutes of those closest to you in your community, especially be able to care for one another as things get intense, that's a great idea. You should be all about that. So do yeah. those things. If you need help, if you're if you have questions, please reach out to us. We are more than willing to help and direct and give some counsel and point you in the right direction to be to be thinking about these things because clearly Canada's free fall into mm -hmm. a CCP like state is ongoing and seems to be inevitable. Yeah. And whether it does or doesn't happen, it's mm -hmm. wise to be thinking about these things. And the beauty of uh, what you've just talked about, Andrew, is the fact that Christians and the church and those affiliated with it have been building these types of into institutions and communities for two millennia plus. Mm -hmm. So we ha there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot that we can fall back on historically, and obviously the Word of God gives us the knowledge that we need to do these various things that you talk about and have hope amidst the tumult um, because Christ church will not uh, be stopped and it will ultimately have victory in him. And it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm, stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery till next time. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty dispatch. A united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Friends, we're posting new content multiple times every week throughout our various shows on this channel. So you're going to want to subscribe to it and hit that notification bell. That way you stay up to date with everything that we're releasing here with the Liberty Coalition Canada.